You are listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast exploring scripture and all things related to it. New episodes are released daily. For more information, check out glossahouse.com and subscribe to our channels on Spotify and YouTube. Welcome and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Proof Text. I am Michael Halcom and I am here with Dr. Fred Long. Fred, how are you? I'm I'm a little bit cooler. I took off my big sweater. If you look at the last episode, I was wearing a thick Norwegian sweater, and it's just it's like 62 degrees out here. So I had to put on, inspired by Michael, a Hawaiian shirt, and um, mm. and you are wearing a sweatshirt yourself. It must be kind of chilly there. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the yurt, which is typically pretty warm, much warmer than our house, anyways, uh, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm in the. I, Kind of live in this uh, sweatshirt a little bit. This and another one, especially it's winter time here, so um, mm-hmm. it's cold up where we live. So I love, yeah, I love um, being able to recognize the spaces that I see you at because you we stayed there. Man, it's an awesome yurt yeah. that you built. Man, what a nice place that is. So it's it's kind of fun to now see where you are. Um, so yeah, and uh, my. My back is paying for it, you know, dearly, uh, building this year. Mm. Um, yeah, so uh, I'll probably have back problems <laughs> here on out. I That's hope your not. Life? Um, no. Trying to work on that, you know. Uh, pray about that a lot. But, yeah. So, uh, well, we're talking about Galatians. And, yeah, we're in Galatians 6. And I think we're today we're at verse 13. Which means uh, we only thirteen and fourteen, which means we only have four verses left after, um, after today. So, is that right? Yeah, we're at thirteen, six thirteen. So I'm gonna put the text up on the screen. If you're watching, you can read along with us. I'm actually, rather than going to Step Bible right away, I'm gonna go to the CNTR site first. Um, maybe I'll start using that for the podcast. Uh, a number of these podcasts uh i just like seeing the variants and stuff like that um boy this is fascinating uh in terms of pronunciation i'll show you something but um i'm going to re- use the sr version here to read our greek so udegar you peritemnemu men peritet memenu oh my gosh that's a tongue twister there you go. That's way easier. Um, you know, uh, so I've been doing a lot with uh, the stand-up comedy. I'm trying to progress in that. You know, it's really interesting. Um, this guy uh, I'm working with, um, he'll often say things about, like he has this theory that if you end a sentence or a phrase with the letter K, it's just going to be inherently more funny. Um, and I think it's an interesting theory. He says he can't prove it, but just after like 40 years in the comedy world, it's just something he's noticed. 
I I guess you know he's thinking of certain cuss words that end with <laughs> like, uh, yeah and, and other related words, but um and then I've I've read actually in in a couple of different books they they talk about uh the letters that you know certain letters uh are funnier as far as like sound goes than others so um i'm i've already been long attuned to that just because of my new testament studies um you know paying attention to phonology and stuff like that uh but you know the harsh sounds in this verse man there's a bunch of them and you look at this last word begins with kav kav son de is this some harsh words some harsh sounds and then before that sarki kav son de so i'm i'm dialed into that but also the man alive um uh the uh the peri this uh what fourth word peri uh you was tripping me up and then you have uh peritemnus that's much easier but wow yeah uh and one thing i wanted to point out with regard to pronunciation also uh in the previous episode i was talking about how these textual variants reveal to us uh pronunciation uh similarities um you see where was it where was i looking uh oh you can see with peritemnus that again the alpha iota in this manuscript becomes an epsilon so we have vast amounts of evidence that alpha iota and epsilon made the same sound eh. yeah another thing i noticed here this was interesting to me um check this out with the thelocene you have vulonde um so I know those aren't not that they sound alike, but their meanings are alike. Um, so, fellow and vuleo, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, that, yeah, that's an interesting very construal between those words. Fellow as a, more of a, a will determination. Mm-hmm. I think I'm suspicious, suspecting. Whereas bulo or bulome is more of a deliberative um, process, maybe with other people. Um, yeah, yeah I said like it's, more, it's right. more calculating. It's more calculating. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it, it tends to not have as strong of a sense of willing, maybe suggesting kind of maneuvering or calculating in a way that's not as uh, sound. Or straightforward as Othello. Mm. That's a that's a guess. I mean, I these are the kinds of things um, that need to be teased out. The the, the different construals of synonyms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I think the harsh sounds are interesting. The change in words there, the alpha, iota pair, and epsilon. So uh, some really fascinating stuff going on uh, here. Um, and then uh, you can see uh, it, it is interesting. Uh, one more thing that in uh, P, uh, well, it isn't P46 in this one. Um, whatever this uh, manuscript is, 
Yeah, it is P46. That you have Peritet Menu, and you have that later in another manuscript as well. Um, so that variant spelling with the extra tau. Um, and then the removal of the mu. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm intrigued by this stuff, but we don't need to dwell on it. But if you want to jump in and do some translating and uh, grammar analysis. Yeah. So, um, Ude, um, Gar, Gar is marking strengthening. This is the port providing substantiation for the previous claim. The Ude, um, is picking up the previous negative and adding a distinctive point to it. Um, for neither the ones circumcising themselves keep the law, but they want you to be circumcised in order that they would boast in your flesh. So um, some options here with that first participle, uh, peritem, nomen new um is that middle or is it passive in a sense you know the ones being circumcised mm -hmm. or is it the ones circumcising it's present right. tense so circumcising middle would be like circumcising with their own interests in mind which is actually what's going on in the context is that there's a group of people who are um pushing for this to have some advantage, uh, avoiding persecution or being able to boast, as he says, Paul says there, in, in your flesh. Um, so stress on them as subjects, because you got the, the uh, explicit pronoun subject of to, of to nomon, fulasusin, because they themselves keep the law. So, so they themselves don't keep the law, but they want and then here we have the thelusine, they want, and then we have the content of the thelusine. What do they want? Well, thelusine, we often say is, you know, takes an infinitive to complete its meaning, but really that infinitive clause is the content of what is wanted. They want that you be circumcised. So that's what they want, is that you um, become circumcised. And then all of that is a means a means to an end. So that Allah clause, that but clause is a correction. Um, so uh, the first part is, is denying that they keep the law. They don't even keep the law, but, and then um, instead what they're doing is they're wanting you to keep the law in this specific way, namely to be circumcised. And that is a means to the goal and the goal is expressed by the ina clause in order that in your flesh, fronted for effect, in your flesh. And notice that the flesh there um, is modified, uh, te sarki, it's modified by hemetera. Hemetera is a possessive uh, pronoun or possessive adjective, which, again, the difference between that and a personal pronoun, like a genitive, could have been used, uh, a mon. Umon, Paul doesn't use umon, but he uses emetoros, this adjective emetoros, which um, marks even more strongly personal ownership. And this is particularly relevant because this is not even their body that they're boasting in. They're boasting in your flesh. 
flesh that belongs to you. That's what Paul is stressing. Um, so there's real subtleties here in um, the constructions that are being used, the alternatives. Choice implies meaning. Construction uh, conveys construal. That's what I argue. Construction conveys construal. And so here the construction of the possessive adjective, hemeteras, uh, hemeteros here, uh, modifying sarki, is to construe this as personal ownership, particularly the Galatians, your flesh. These folks want to boast in something that's not even theirs. It's yours, your flesh. Yeah. So uh, interesting to see that. It, it makes a big difference. Yeah. What? I was going to say, it makes a big difference whether we take this uh, peritemnomenu as um, active or passive in sense, right? If it's, if it's active, it's referring to the, the troublemakers, right? Like the yeah. men from Jacob or whoever you think yeah. that is. But if it's passive in sense, then it's referred to the people in, who have already been circumcised and they're tr it's almost as if they're trying to get everybody yeah. else to come along with them. Yeah. Uh, so that but means that's that there's a huge two difference. Groups. Yeah. So there's two groups, those yeah. from James, for example, possibly who are pushing circumcision. Then if this is passive, you've got a group of people who are being circumcised. So they become their own yeah. pressure group. And then they're pressuring others to be circumcised. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard not to think that it's referring to the former, though, given, uh, you know, given verse 12, that they're trying to compel, yeah. you know, people to be circumcised. But uh, so I, yeah. I still think it's referring, I think it's active and referring to the men from Jacob here, the men from James. Jacob, um, yeah. Yeah, so, so that yeah, would be take, my own take. I, yeah, by active, I mean, everyone, we just... Um, Michael means middle with more of an active sense to it, like middle, yeah. active. Yeah. The form itself yeah. could be either a passive or a middle sense. And remember that the middle is uh, stressing subject affectedness. But in this sense, mm -hmm. it's, it's more a, a derived benefit. Uh, and we know that there's a derived benefit from the context. So, yeah, this is a case yeah. where we're, we're maybe looking at a real good instance of a middle voice which is you know translated more actively yeah, yeah. all yeah. right um I, I one more thing on this uh, um i think it's interesting especially given the previous verse two that there the goal is to not be persecuted right they don't want to be persecuted mm -hmm. um and then here the there's like um it's almost like this is the cover for not wanting to be persecuted. The cover mm. is, look how many people we got. We're not trying to, we're not avoid being yeah. persecuted. We're, we're trying to do the right thing, you know? And yeah. So I, I kind of see 13 as the cover for 12 in a way. Yeah. It's, um, it's supporting it by divulging further motivations. And, yeah, and, and the motivation, important. and the motivation is, is uh, well, it's really supporting the ev prosopeo, the looking good in the, mm. you know, looking visible, right. in you know, in terms of reputation, looking good, 
ev meaning good, prosopeo meaning like a reputation. Yeah, making a good showing. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's all show. Yeah. Well, how about verse I'll 14? Show. Yeah, yeah, making a good show. Pardon me? I'll show to avoid getting persecuted. Um, I uh, let, you know, like, uh, I know you were wanting to move a little faster on this episode, but whatever. I, I you know, like this happens a lot today in the church, dude. Um, mm -hmm. People, people um, putting on a front, putting on a show to avoid, you know, to avoid persecution. It happens in multiple ways. Um, to avoid standing out. So to avoid well, standing out, that, but... to avoid, to avoid, uh, and to look good by conforming to something, right? Whether that something is so good or even, not. Even to avoid persecution, um, you know, putting on yeah. that front to avoid persecution. So, for example, um, you know, a lot of people will uh, buy into the whole LGBT agenda. Um, to one look good and not not and, and, and in looking good that's their cover for not looking like a bigot and being persecuted so they just go along with it you know what i'm saying like, yeah because it's they want to distance themselves from the rest of christianity which is supposedly bigoted because we hold standards and and maintain that certain actions are sinful yeah, in our culture, if you don't if you don't go with the LGBT group at this point, then you are persecuted, whether by in a sense, right? Um, sometimes physically, sometimes verbally. However, um, but there, there's that looming over you. Um, even just the whole, I'm gonna persecute you by calling you a bigot um, and making you look hateful. So to avoid that, I'm gonna go along with it and put on a face, you know, th this happens and I'm not just, you know, happens in ways other than the LGBT thing that that's just one that is very readily apparent. Um, and so it is putting on a good face and having a cover to when the real motivation is avoiding persecution. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that a lot of people know the LGBT stuff is unnatural and it's not healthy. And it's not good, and it's not godly, and um, they just fear being yeah. persecuted for saying so, so they don't. And I think they're probably aware that it comes out of brokenness at some level, right? right? Yes. There's something broken, and so yes. we can understand a compassionate response to brokenness. Like We all need compassionate responses to brokenness, because we're all broken. But that, that's one thing. To condone and promote and encourage is something else that's moving beyond compassion right. uh, to, to promotion. And uh, that's, that's uh, the problem. Yeah. So, yeah, this does occur a lot. I, I agree. That happens to be one of the issues that's kind of a, a hot, hot button now. In some churches, it's uh, Trump bashing. Probably in other churches, it's Biden bashing, right? So each yeah. each of those, you know, aligning a certain way, there can be social pressure one way or the other. Yeah. yeah. And really, we need to get, I mean, 
there's way, there's more substantive things than than those political issues, quite frankly. Um, the LBGQ thing, that's a larger continuous need for proper valuation of the human body, um, God's created order. But but to be consistent, I mean, we need to address issues of uh, obesity, of, of substance abuse, of um, lack of care of one's body and exercise, like slothfulness, um, wasting of time through entertainments, you know, like all of those are on the need to be on the table, taking care of our creation. I mean, we're just really, I get so disgusted by how much garbage we produce. I mean, you just go stop and eat, you know, every now and then you might eat at a fast food place. I mean, it's amazing how much garbage I produce by ordering from a fast food. So I, I don't like to do it. You know, it's um, someone in my family was ordering food coming home and, um, those bags and the containers and cups were gathering because they the person didn't throw them away. It was astounding mm -hmm. to think about how much. Yeah. And, you know, that's there's some people who eat multiple times, go through fast food. I mean, I'm just I'm really appalled at it. And and packaging, it's hard to avoid. I mean, how do we avoid all this plastic, plastic, plastic? all over the place. It's really upsetting to me. I don't, I don't know what you do unless you grow your own stuff, make your own bread. I mean, but who, who can do that? You know? So to me, those are like lifestyle issues that are huge and that I think we should be pursuing and talking about, but you know, mm -hmm. it's not going to be cool to do that. I mean, it's not going to be cool to say, yeah, you know, most of us are obese. Technically we're 20% we're over our optimal body. I mean, let's face it, we're obese. And then maybe even, you know, 50% of us might even be grossly obese. You know, I mean, if you're beyond at, at that, same, I mean, yeah, that's not going to so be I popular. Guess, at the same time, especially in America, that's not going to be popular. No. Um, at the same time, I, I still think there's a difference between, you know, those things. I way I view sin, I view it on sort of a, a cline or a spectrum. I don't think all sins are equal. I think the wages of all sins are equal, but not all sins are equal. Uh, scripture seems to point that out very clearly. Um, you know, the things the Lord hates, there's things he despises. There, you know, different consequences for different sin. Uh, but uh, there's a greater type of sin. And, and scripture says that, you know, talks about uh, uh, the sexual sin is of a different kind because it's of, you know, of the body in a different way. And um, yeah. so I do think, you know, I don't want to equate obesity with with uh, sexual deviance. I think they're two different things. But your point is taken that, you know, we we don't get to ignore those things. But at the same no. time, I, I think we got to be careful not to equate them. Um, yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to the next verse. Verse 14. Emu de me yenuto. That's a fun verse to read. Oh man, it just flows. It's very beautiful. Even though it's kind of, it's not harsh, but yeah, it's beautiful actually in Greek. So there's a contrast and 13 is harsh. Uh, yeah. And that's not what we want to be doing. Verse 14 
gets to the heart of what we should be doing. Because that's interesting that the the sounding is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, There's some really fun, uh, pronominal stress going on here. The emu de, so de marks new development. Um, the emu is uh, fronted and is an emphatic pronoun form. Uh, this form could also be shortened to just mu. Uh, so the epsilon on it makes it more emphatic. Also, we're going to see emu again. Uh, in towards the end, right before cosmos. So that's also being stressed. Um, so Paul's person and voice is is very prominent here. So you have a new development to me as a reference point. And so here Paul is laying himself as an exemplum for the Galatians to follow. And this is fitting with the rhetoric of the whole letter where this verse, he's going to be talking about being crucified to the world, recollects uh, 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me for life. I live in the body or live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's my life verse. That's why I know that so well. Uh, 2.19 and 20. It's amazing. Um, But yeah, Paul is on um, he's being scrutinized in this letter. You can sense it. He's a bit edgy. He's not a lone ranger. There's others with him. Um, while he used to live zealously for Judaism, he no longer does. And he went to Jerusalem and stood up for the truth of the gospel. And he even confronted Peter to his face because Peter was condemned. You know, so Paul is kind of laying himself as someone who's standing up for the truth of the gospel. And really in 2.20, he's, he's saying this is what it's about. Uh, being crucified with Christ. And so here it is again. He's laying it out here. I am crucified with with uh with Christ. So you have the me yinito um yinito um kafkesta uh kafkesta um may it not be to boast kafkasta kafkasta um yinito uh yinito so may it not be to boast. So here he's gonna he's gonna say what is not boasting. So there should be no boasting. So may it not be to boast. And and this basically he's sweeping off the table. So there's no boasting. May it not be to boast. And then you come to the e may clause, which is where he puts one thing back on it. So the e-may is what's called an exception clause. And Steve Runge explains that so well that you first have this wipe off, you deny something, and then it prepares for this clean slate. And then you put something back on right in the middle. And, And so there's stress on this exception clause. And this is where we find a basis to boast in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, you get a real full statement here of of who Jesus is, our Lord. Jesus is our Lord. Um, And and that's determinative for for reality. You know, who is your Lord? Who who is it that you bow to, that you submit yourselves to, that you uh, gets to dictate what you do in your in your life, in your world? Well, it's that very Lord who had a cross and bore a cross. And what an example it is for us.
So there's a lot of uh, buildup to this point. And then um, the rest of that verse says, D-U, through whom, to me, the world is crucified for me through Christ, so through Christ's agency and through the reality that he sets up through suffering, giving himself on the cross and, and offering himself as a suffering sacrifice. Through him, the world is crucified to me and I, Kago Cosmo, to the world. So, wow, what a radical uh, statement of um, really we're left with um, this is this is ontologically, like metaphysically, ontologically, epistemically, like however we want to describe it, when it comes to the world and all its temptations, all its ways of trying to present things to look good, where we're tempted to put on a good face, all those structures and pressures and temptations with the flesh, all of that is crucified to me and me to the world. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So the world itself is crucified. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I just took this verse and I, I realized as you're talking, another thing, another reason why it's, why it's so beautiful because it's three parallelisms. Um, and you can see that, uh, look, you have, and it's kind of well-balanced. You have the yenuto broken by the Kafkaste, and then Ime, so you got Deme, Ime, and then Indo Stavro, which um, you have Yenuto, the two, the second and third Stavro. letters, N, Yen, and then you have N, you have To, To, and then uh, of course Stavro rhymes with that, so um, so it's interesting, you, you have almost Yenuto, Indo, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, and then the next one, you have two Kiriyu separated by the Amon, but it's got the Yesu Christu, which it rhymes with. So nice parallelism broken by that word there. And then a third mm -hmm. parallelism, the Uemu Cosmos, and then Kago Cosmo. Um, yeah. So it's neat to have these three parallelisms, each broken up by a middle kind of word. Um, so the that, verb. that's another thing yeah yeah and, and two yeah, i think them. you're right there um, man it's beautiful well done so the the middle is the two kuryu emon yezu christu so those are all rhyming with the uu u emon yeah 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 man nicely done cool. it is um, so the verb is resupplied in the first and in the second one so i think the stavro is uh yeah maybe parallel to the kafkase uh, so you could put the stavro oh, back yeah. up a line put the stav so, stavro back up yeah so put it you got kav and stav yes and if that? you go ahead and put it on the previous line then you have uh three uh triads and then and then and then the uh stavro into Stavro kind of relates to Kago Cosmo. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. 
So you have three groupings with the middle thing kind of standing out a little bit, the middle being the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord. Yeah. Beautiful content. Um, yeah, so what does it mean for the world to be crucified? I mean, this is like an irony, right? Because normally we think about, you know, the world is the one who crucified Jesus, in a sense, right? The sinful world. But really, uh, now there's this subversion uh, where, in, indeed, the world is crucified. The, the world is on the cross. Um and has been crucified, evstarote, um, is perfect, uh, middle passive indicative. So perfect, which means uh, something's happened with resultant effects. And so this is an ongoing, like, ontological reality that the world has been crucified with respect to me. To me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, let's... Let's stop there. Um, you have a parting shot. Oh, yeah. I was I was uh, a colleague of mine, Lawson G. Stone. The creation is a living or organism, not a dead rock, a lifeless machine with God pulling every lever. Hmm. Yeah, and I think that kind of relates because the world, you know, it's part of that living organism. It. It is uh, alive and pressing in on us all the time. Like we're in this environment. It's a dynamic environment. And that's why um, it also needs to be crucified <laughs> uh, because it's, um, it'll be tempting us. Like if we do nothing, uh, you know, don't be conformed to the pattern of this age, Paul says. Don't be being conformed. It'll press in on us. So we do need to um, recognize the implications of Christ's crucifixion meaning that the world is crucified to us in Christ. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Well, thanks everyone for watching. We appreciate it. Uh, keep up with the podcast on YouTube or Spotify. Um, share this and uh, subscribe, subscribe to our channel. We'd really appreciate that. Check out glowsahouse.com. We have some great resources, new resources coming down the pipeline. And uh, we're getting ready to launch. I don't know uh, when this episode will air, um, but if it's uh, before, let's see, this, yeah, this one should maybe air on the 24th of February, um, so maybe February 24th that you're listening, I don't know, um, but we're getting ready to launch Glossa House U, and uh, we're going to be offering a couple of Greek classes to kick that off. Fred's going to offer more of a traditional Greek class. I'm going to do a conversational Greek class. This is kind of where we're first, I haven't really said much about that. Um, it's the first time. Uh, but uh, anyways, maybe I'll be mentioning it in a Three Things episode, and we'll be mar uh, uh, mentioning it on our social media and stuff like that. So keep an eye out for that. It'll be really good. Um, until next time, uh, we hope that helps. Interested in growing your ancient language skills but not sure where to start? Glow's House can help. From illustrated readers and short stories to lexicons and grammars, Glow's House offers a variety of resources for beginning, intermediate, and experienced ancient language learners. Head to glowsahouse.com today. Glow's House, language resources for the global community.